even when they do their little like different factions, it's still about like we are mutants, we are family, we're together because everybody else hates and fears us. Even if you go off wherever, you're going to come back to the mansion in two months, you live here. So you don't think they should all have individual lives outside of the X-Men, that they should be family first? I think they should, but I don't think that like... The- I don't think that that's ever a thing where they need to be like, oh, we got to go rescue Kurt. If Kurt is off on a boat, okay, he left home for a few weeks. He'll be back. But Kurt should not have existed and doing his own thing, like, outside of to just X-Men. be like To just be like, oh, yeah, the X-Men broken up. To go do what? Where y'all live at? Who got they a- go get their own places somewhere? Who got a job? Most of them come from money. Welcome back to another relaunch. We are your host. I am King of the Vampire Nation, Lord Dracula. Oh, come on, Dracula. I am Miguel Santos, aka Living Lightning, aka Lightning. Um, do you prefer Living Lightning or Lightning? I like I Lightning. I kind of think he needs a whole new name altogether. Call him Spark or something. Is that gay? He's gay. <laughs> he is gay. <laughs> I guess it kind of works, sure. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I didn't really like Living Lightning. I like Lightning. Um, it's got a little bit more sass to it. It just, um, I feel like Black Lightning's already got the handle on the whole, like, Lightning is my name. It's what I do thing. Manny. Well, yeah. Need something else. So it's a different universe. There can be two Lightnings, and the other one is Black Lightning. It doesn't work. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. Anyway, how are you? Um, I'm doing well. So we have finally gotten out of our ungodly high temperatures in November, and it has become cold in the district. Hmm. So that's not as fun, but more accurate for the time, which is good. How are you? It was like kind of colder here recently but then this past week has been 75 degrees so well, that's I'm nice. chilling <laughs> <laughs> that would have been chiller. <laughs> I love that sometimes you need to chill yeah it's been great I um oh my gosh I had a company-wide meeting at work um like across across the whole company and I was asked to provide some trivia. Oh, yeah. That uh, brings us, I don't remember if I brought this up on the show last week or not, but like I was asked to provide some superhero trivia because um, people know me as like the comic book person at work. And I, of course, yeah. it was this time to like promote my favorite characters. So <laughs> the question I gave was um, which, uh, what is the name of the West Coast Avenger that debuted in Avengers number nine? And like a few people actually got it. Oh, okay. That's cool. I was do like, you think they I was Googled like, oh, or cool. do you think they just knew? They Googled. Well, I think actually maybe, I think one person who did get it right 
um, they had said recently in one of their like trivia questions about themselves that they like were a comic book collector or something like that. So I think she knew, but um, everybody else, I think they probably Googled. But you know, now though, now that name will be in their head. The people who didn't know. So they'll see the commercial or something. They're gonna be like, "Oh, Wonder Man." They're gonna be like, "Oh, I remember this from that trivia, and I gotta go see this now, and I'm gonna support go. it." Boom. There's a lot of people like, "Oh, Wonder Man's my favorite character." See how it works, and then when they think of Wonder Man, who are they gonna think of? Yaya. When they see it in live action, and that's a good name to think of. Boom. That's a combination right there. And that is how I win. I love that for you. <laughs> Thanks. You know. <laughs> Gotta make it work. Um, but anyway, let's go and get started with the updates of the week. Some interesting things have uh, happened in the uh, film and comic book sectors of comics. So, um, recently announced the a new TV show called Silk Spider Society will be about the character Silk, and it will be executive produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. And they are also going to be doing a bunch of different um, Spider-Man-based TV spinoffs for MGM Plus. And um, I think it was Amazon Studios as well. So more Spider-Man content is coming. Um, I'm not sure people are too familiar with Silk, but she is a, a character who was also bitten by, I think it was actually the same spider as Peter Parker. But I don't know she... too much about Silk. But I do remember when I was like, I don't know, I was reading something with her in it. And so I Googled her to look a little bit more into who she was. And she had a little short haircut at the time. And I was always under the impression that Silk was like a teenage character. I thought she was like younger, like 16, maybe Otis is 19. And so I'm reading this bio about her. And it's talking about how every time her and Peter were around each other, their pheromones were, like, affecting each other, and they just got real hot, and they was making out and, like, almost having sex and stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, with this 16-year-old girl? And I was like, no. what's going on? <laughs> and then I was, like, reading, I was like, oh, she's supposed to be older. I was like, I don't know why. Yes. I've just always seen her as a little girl. And I was like, oh, no, she's an adult. And so that's always just been, like, a weird thing that's been in my head with Silk. And that's as much as I know about her. Um, Cindy was actually in the same group of people when um, Peter Parker got bitten by the spike by the spider. She is a Korean American girl, um, and like you said, she has the like her pheromones and Peter's pheromones like make them un like they can't stop making out with each other like they get sexually aroused anytime they're around each other um which crazy. was kind of a weird thing to have them too but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah um but they're the same age they were in the same group together um she had been like gone for a while i think she debuted during the original sin era um and i think that was like one of the original sins but that she like also existed in like an underground bunker or something. I remember reading some of her comics. She can also produce her own like spider uh, we- webbing. You know, I don't really get into the Spider-Man fandom too much. It's kind of bad over there, but they've got some hot designs. The, the, fans, the fans are are not nice. No. <laughs> that is where hate is born. Okay. <laughs> but uh-huh. The the spider characters got some hot designs and so she looks good. So whatever goes on with this TV show, I hope they like do her suit right. 
Yeah, and the show is being done by uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who also did Into the Spider-Verse, um, as well as a bunch of other shows. So Quality. Some quality stuff going over there. Um, over on the comic book side, there was an announcement by DC called the Dawn of DC, which starts mm-hmm. in uh, 2023. And they announced a bunch of new comics, and um, this new initiative were coming out of the Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths and DC Universe Lazarus Planet. They're going to be trying to go more into the light side of DC. So more characters are going to be doing more heroic things. And yeah, I'm kind of excited for the things they have announced. Uh, they yeah. have the um, a new Superman book coming out with by Joshua Williamson and Jamal Campbell. Um, they have a, an Adventures of Superman, John Kent by Tom Taylor and Clayton Henry coming out. Um, they also have Superboy, uh, The Man of Tomorrow. Seems like, you know, the Superboy corner is getting built up over there. Um, also announced was Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, as well as Green Lantern, John Stewart. Mm-hmm. And um, I am very excited for that. The John Stewart book will be written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, who is currently writing the action comics series. So I'm super hyped for that. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. Yeah, I'm also excited for um, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, um, because Hal Jordan fans can finally go over there. <laughs> and yeah. you, you got something now, so enjoy his book. Um, and it will be written by uh, Mariko Tamiki, so I think that's kind of cool. Um, but both books didn't have artists announced yet, so... I kind of hate here. when the announcements don't have the creative teams attached to them because it's like, what's going on? Why y'all yeah. not ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are we not ready? What is going on? <laughs> yeah, like come with it all together. Um, don't just like drop little bits. Um, there was also the a Green Arrow book being written by Joshua Williamson and art by Sean Isaac and he, I'm sorry, Isaacs. He is joining the Thunderbolts series currently. He also drew some of the Uncanny Avengers. Um, mm. And I think that's a big get. You know, it's interesting to see that the books that were announced were, like, the headliners of, like, the Big Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was also some Bat books announced, as well as Cyborg is getting his own series, but his yeah. creative... Yeah. Again, why is no one ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why they didn't have anything there. Uh, Shazam is also getting a new series written by Mark Wade and art by Dan Mora. And under the Batman title, there is uh, The Penguin coming. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Steelworks is also coming, which is going to yes. be uh, Natasha Irons and yeah. John Irons. Really excited about that one. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the Cyborg book. I'm going to check out John's PKG uh, book. And I, I don't know. I'm ex- I know they said they're going to announce more for like the second half of the year as well. So that's coming. So I'm looking forward to see who else they bring. I think we might see some more stuff with like the other members of the families, the Aqua fans, the Wonder fans. That's probably when their things will come out. But I think this was a nice step. I always appreciate DC. They always do try and launch some type of initiative that like gives some of these characters, the lesser known ones, a push and like puts them out there and gives their creative teams a like chance. 
they're really big on like talent and things like that, which I always appreciate. It doesn't always work. Sometimes you get new 52. Sometimes you get a DCU. Sometimes you get a future state, you know, but mm. I appreciate that. They, at least they try, and I do appreciate the effort. Um, I think this one was kind of like cool. Some of the books that they announced, again, I'm excited for the future. I hope that what happens here, though, is that we get it and they stick with it. I feel like a lot of times they do it and then it's like immediately taken away. And it's just like, okay, well, that was that. No. Yeah. It feels, it feels though, when it was always taken away, that it was because there was complaints from people wanting something from a a pre-crisis you know and yeah. then of course uh dc feels like they need to react to that and then those end up making more changes and making things worse but um from what they've announced now it seems as though they really are going to usher in a new age of like superheroes and corners you know yeah. the family ties or whatever so you know you got your superman book you got your batman books and the characters tied to them will be just as big in those books um, as the main title character. They, they just aren't Which is in the where, title. You know, I don't know if I'm alone in thinking this, but I honestly feel like that's kind of where DC shines. Like, I know that everyone hates that Batman has a thousand books or that whatever. Um, you know, there's the main Superman book and then the main Wonder Woman book. But I think that the thing that DC has always kind of done is given their families the space within the confines of that main title yes there are 55 batman books but like three of them are actually about damien two of them are about tim one is about stephanie you know wonder woman she's finally gotten to the space especially where after the trial of the amazons it's like yeah she's got her book but this is where yara is showing up nubia and yara got their solos and it's like if those didn't work out for whatever reason okay we're going to push her over there we're going to continue the narrative in that way aquaman has consistently used like jackson and his like complete atlantean world to do that and i think it works for them i know a lot of times we would like to see other characters get the shine i think they haven't put the effort into building those avenues out. When you think of like a Vixen or a Zaytana, it's like, who is their family for real? They always kind of put them as side characters to help out these other families, but they don't have their own. And I know people want them to come out more. So it's like, yeah, you got to actually give them something to do. Yeah. Hopefully this really gets to like push those characters and keep them around. Um, I hope they do some great stuff. Um, but those all the updates we have this week. Um, let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back. Cool. Everybody, welcome back to the comic section of the week. Um, as I have been saying, my pull list has significantly dwindled, unfortunately. So I didn't have too many this week, but there were still some great things that came out. Um, we were just discussing how LZ actually didn't have any comics this week. So I didn't. Again, please send him your recommendations, your characters, your books, your things like that. We were discussing. I'm going to actually start reading the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle books soon. I've always enjoyed oh, yes. like them and the shows and all of that, and I know they have them, so I'm getting into that, and I'm kind of excited for it. Um, but a quick mention, She-Hulk number eight came out this week. <laughs> that was from Rainbow Rowell, and it had a guest artist of Takeshi Miyazawa. Um, it's continuing the story of, you know, just Jen, and we find out about who kidnapped 
Jack of Hearts and those people, they're basically stalking Jen and trying to use gamma radiation and stuff to turn themselves into hulks. And when they do all of this, um, it backfires and it starts affecting them weirdly. So like their bodies are getting bigger and smaller. So like the lady who's in it, she uh, her body gets small, but her head stays really big. And so <laughs> So she's the like, idea of my head. <laughs> yeah, it's like it looks really funny. So they're dealing with that. And then while that's going on, you know, they're just talking about why they're obsessed with Jen and they're testing things on it. And it was all about them. So it was really good. It was nice to kind of find to get the villains to see. It felt a little, I won't lie, MCU y. You remember like towards the end when Jen was having like mm-hmm. that big thing about all the stuff that was happening, how he wanted to turn himself into a Hulk, and that's why they was get her DNA. I got a little bit of that in there, but it was still cool to see, regardless. And I've been enjoying this book. Shout out to Jen. She's succeeding. And we love that. Yeah, shout out to it going past five issues. Wasn't this a extended? It was. It started out as a five yeah. issue series, and it was just done so well, so we're received that it's still going strong, and we love that. We are hoping for that for a lot of other characters that we'll be having books coming out soon. So everyone mm-hmm. keep energy good and high and push it forward. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what we. <laughs> okay. Uh, the main books, uh, the first one I had on my list was Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, number five, that comes from Jing Lu and Yang and Marcus To. Now, let me tell you something right now. It is so crazy my turnaround on To, because where I just, whereas I did not like his stuff in Excalibur, I love it here. Okay. It is, like, truly so interesting to see a writer and artist and how the chemistry and dynamic can change, like, depending on who it is. You think of some people who you like, it's like, oh, I really like their art on this, but I didn't like the writing. You might not have liked the writing or whatever. It's great here. I'm into it. They do some great action stuff. Uh, Shang-Chi is caught up in this tournament. And <laughs> now he's doing action on this and oh <laughs> left God, it all like out. Fighting. They are <laughs> fighting. And it's like they're all like punching and kicking and jumping and like stopping it and throwing each other. And I was like, what is going on? This is like somebody completely different. I love it. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're going through that, and while they do this, they run into some people who tell them the history of the Ten Rings, which we actually find out there are 12 rings, and just how they were made, and why they were made, and why we can't let the last two connect with the Ten, who has is done by this demon worm who is attacking them that's infiltrated his girlfriend. They do manage to free her, and she like is like, oh, you're the only person I can trust, don't give up the rings, and she throws herself into a portal because she loses the fight, and she's gone. <laughs> and then the cat who has been working with Shang-Chi betrays him and steals the ring he has, and he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go and fight the last guy who's left because there are only three opponents left because he just killed two people earlier. People are dying. It's so intense. And oh, wow. It's just good. It's like really good stuff. And again, I've really been loving what Yang is doing with Shang and building him up and building his world and the people he fights and like still immersing in his culture, of course, which has felt really cool and natural. This book will be relaunching soon. I'm pretty I think next issue might be the last one. And then it's going to come back as Shang-Chi and the Master of the Ten Rings in January. So we're going to look at okay. Um, but all in all, I really enjoyed this issue. I'd give it like a 3.5 out of 5. Highly recommend it. Get into Sean, guys. He's rising. And my last book was a really, really good one. It was Blade Vampire Nation number one. And that came from Mark Russell and Dave Watcher. Now, again, for the last few however many episodes, I've been talking about Blade and how a lot of the stuff is bad and how 
we're having this resurgence of like kind of one shots and things like that that are really good and giving some of the best concerts that he's ever had. And this one continues that one in such a really good way. I think I've read this issue over immediately, maybe a good three times after I finished it. Okay. So in this one, we get more into the politics of the Vampire Nation. With the death of Doctor Strange tie-in, that was a lot of the mystical aspects. We saw the vampires using their powers. We saw them like how they act supernaturally and what's going on in that part of the community. In this particular issue, we are dealing with the actual ramifications of Blade starting this Vampire Nation. They have taken over Chernobyl. They have changed the name. They have started setting up cities. They have a mayor here. They have humans who live in certain parts of it because they're far enough out from the radiation that they can still live. But like the things that these humans are doing here the place is called uh Stravmore. but the humans are coming in literally to either be cleaners and things of that nature maids or they're just getting turned into vampires <laughs> and, to, and this is to like rebuild the, because this is the rebuild the vampire nation and then you do have some people who are able to live there in houses and rent places and just live naturally but you're only there because you are going to appease the older generation of vampires who still miss hunting and stalking and killing people. So even if you live there in one of those houses, you're going to die eventually because they're coming for you. But that's just a part of the deal they made. <laughs> and so another aspect is they're dealing with vampires who live in this city and they're kind of having a support group of like people who have been turned into vampires and how they're not really adjusting to vampire life so you have this one guy talking about like oh i didn't choose somebody just jumped me in a back alley and this guy's like well at least you became a vampire when you were younger i'm stuck as an 89 year old man for eternity uh -huh. like that's true what do you mean and so, you know, <laughs> the politics dealing with that on the other side of it so one of the vampires on Dracula's council was assassinated. And there's this like human mercenary team. They come busting through. They like find this way to like unlock the coffin. They're trying to blow it up. They get him in the sun. He's dead. We come to find out it was actually supposed to be Dracula on the trip. So, so they were originally trying to kill him. So Blade is like tasked with trying to figure out who's doing it. So he goes to the town. He meets the mayor. He's like, you know, I got four dead mercenaries. They're humans. Why didn't you bring any alive? The mayor's really funny. He's like, you know, humans, they're always dying. I can't help that. <laughs> and, you know, but Blake continues his investigation. It leads him to this woman who was in the, one of the support groups. She was a very old vampire. And she just eventually confesses after he gets her monologuing about how Dracula thinks he's done this great thing creating this vampire nation where all of these people can live together. She's like, but that's not the nature of vampires. She's like, we are hunt. She's like, it was good back in the old days because there weren't a bunch of vampires at the same time. We could live. She's like, you packed us like werewolves. And now we're going to rebel against that. Everybody's not going to want to do this. And so through that, they managed to take down a bunch of the people who were in on the op to get Dracula killed. Blade is like, look, it's a powder keg. It's about to go off. What are we going to do? Dracula's saying, you know, I know about these things and I know that they're going to happen. I have to make these shows of power. You think I just did this to get rid of my own council? He's like, but I have my own council that is the real one, not just for show like those people were. And then we go into this room and we see like all these historical figures like George Washington is there. <laughs> oh, okay. He was a vampire. <laughs> And it's like, and he's like, you know, these people have been like helping me throughout all the movie. time. <clears throat> Did they? I think they made that a movie. That's when was he a vampire hunter? 
He might have been. No, although you're thinking about um Abraham Lincoln. Oh, that's all. Yeah, you're right. My yeah, fault. yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and so it's like he opens the door. He's like, oh yeah, I've got all these people who are like my true counsel, and this is how like we'll survive and we'll build this nation. But it was just like a really good story. Again, like these one shots have been really well done. They've been really well written. I know I saw some people. I was tweeting about the pages, and they were like, oh, okay, now it's time to give Blade a solo. I don't think we're there just yet. I'm not gonna mm. lie. I think that these one shots have been really good. I think they do a great job of building out the world enough so we are introduced to multiple characters. We can get a big, broad imagination of everything that's going on. You can build on from there, but then you still get enough of this story that's done. So it's just like, okay, this was just a like finite moment here. He's got it, but it's still more going on. It's still bigger. The way they built up this vampire nation and like giving the cities new names and things like that is really cool. Dracula is hilarious. He's talking to Blade. He's saying things like, you know, calling him my friend. And then he's like, can do you mind if I call you that? And Blade's like, no, don't. And he's like, so anyways, my friend. <laughs> and then he just keeps on talking. And they like have this really contentious relationship that's well done. It's I think it's a really good avenue for Blade too, because again, you can't just keep fighting vampires all the time. You gotta do something else. Like, you gotta do something else. And it's like, yes, you're technically still going against vampires here, but it's in a much more controlled and story-driven way as opposed to just like mindless batches of hordes that you'll never defeat fully. So now we've adjusted. We're playing the game a different way, and it's really cool to see. I give it this. Mm-hmm. I give this out of five. Also, really like the art. It was hot. It ma- it was like kind of gritty. So if you're into that style, it works. It's blade. It's vampires. Good okay, yes. Yes, Blade build, being built up over there. I think the vampire corner and like that whole supernatural corner is starting to really take some rise. So isn't he going to be in Midnight Suns too? He is in Midnight Suns. And then and again, in other books, there have been this nice little rise of vampires. Again, over in Moon Knight, he's fighting the Tudor. He's fighting a bunch of vampires in that section. Um, we've seen them pop up in Exterminators. I'm really hoping that something's building in the background where... They're about to have a big moment. I feel like that's what they were building to, or they are trying to build to in time for the movie. So like that, yeah, I agree. They can say, okay, now let's give Blade his event. Vampire. You know how synergy works. Sometimes it's good when it benefits. Sometimes it is. <laughs> exactly when it benefits me. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move over into the AR Club for the week. And this week we watched episodes uh, six and seven of Wolverine and the X-Men. And Wolverine uh, episode six was called X... I think it's Calibre? Calibre? Excalibur? I think also say it's like Excalibur. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. It was a Nightcrawler-themed episode anyway, so that makes sense that it's Excalibur. Um <laughs> and episode seven was Wolverine versus the Hulk. Now, in episode six, um, Nightcrawler is, um, there's been news about him. Again, we're still, like, building the team, like, getting all the team back together. Nightcrawler has been helping people get on ships to go to Genosha, where, you know, the mutants are free and where everybody can live under the rule of Magneto. Um, while he was helping some people on this ship get to Genosha, um, some pirates aka spiral and some reavers are like trying to get mutants and take them to mojo world 
Um, so this is a Nightcrawler themed episode where we see him like taking on the pirates and uh, defeating Spiral and a lot of cameos. Um, Squid Boy, which I know was kind of some people's favorites. Um, Pixie was in it. Um, cool. Shatter. Um, earlier you told me that uh, the girl with the black bob is a real character. I did not yes. know that. Her I name is that. Network. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this show a few times and I did not know that. I thought that they made her up <laughs> for this episode. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I thought this was like a fun episode. Again, it's it's more focused on Nightcrawler um, and it was written by uh, Craig Kyle and uh, Greg Johnson. They did the story as well as it. Uh, the dialogue was by Christopher Hicks and Francis Lombard. Um, I didn't like this, and I'm gonna tell you why. Oh. It's honestly just been something <laughs> that I've been just noticing with this entire show. It is just like a giant cameo fest, and I think it's to this point where it's like, okay, I'm supposed to just be so enamored by the cameos and I'm seeing all these mutants, like a network. Whenever would you see network in anything else? You, you didn't even know she was real. I did not. And, and when you get that, I don't think this whole storyline of the X-Men kind of like getting the band back together works for them. Even in the beginning, like you have Wolverine and them, they're like, okay, we got to go rescue Kurt. And then they get there, and Kurt's already saved the day. And they're like, okay, well, now you can come back to the mansion with us. And he's like, no, I'm going <laughs> to Genosha. I got some <laughs> stuff to do. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the whole getting the band back together thing has never worked for the X-Men in general. Because when you get to the nitty-gritty of what the X-Men are, it's like, why would they ever separate? Even when they do their little, like, different factions, it's still about, like, we are mutants, we are family, we're together because everybody else hates and fears us. Even if you go off wherever, you're going to come back to the mansion in two months. You live here. So you don't think they should all have individual lives outside of the X-Men, that they should be family first? I think they should, but I don't think that, like... The I don't think that that's ever a thing where they need to be like, oh, we got to go rescue Kurt. If Kurt is off on a boat, okay, he left home for a few weeks. He'll be back. But Kurt should not have existed and doing his own thing, like, outside of to just be like To just be like, oh, yeah, the X-Men broken up. To go do what? Where y'all live at? Who got they can go get their own places somewhere? Who got a job? Most of them come from money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> or married into it or got a rich man. So like <laughs> Scott was poor. <laughs> and he was an orphan. <laughs> yes, who Scott was. There are a few of them that, that don't have a lot of money. No. The rest of them do. But it's like when you think about again the the whole thing about mutants in general, like these people who have been abandoned and they their families don't want them, they're disowned. The school that exists to house these people, yeah. Again, you're gonna leave for a little bit, but you live here. Y'all aren't just breaking. Even if you say, "Oh yeah, there's just no X Men no more," okay, y'all don't stop being mutants. But then they go off and go live other places. I think that there's. But I then, think that there are so many X-Men that the only way for you to kind of get something like this where you even see, you know, a network who could be somebody's favorite character is by having 
these kind of moments where you could fill in these like you know background characters of a solo story about Nightcrawler when he's away from the X Men. And then he's gonna come back. Well, obviously they all end up coming back. And and, and that's what but, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's but, like I but in order to, in order to get them together, I think sometimes you have to start somewhere. Um, and this is just happened to be the start of like, well, let's just build it all together because it, it did exist before. You know, we're not gonna do a whole thing like where you know we're with Professor X going to go get the original five. But in order for us to show everybody kind of coming together and um, and getting the cameos and filling out all these stuff for everybody else, let's be a band. Let's get the band back together because you know everybody broke up. But the band don't get together because they still stay gone. They eventually all end up coming back together. But because they always come back home. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, what's that, wrong, I think I'm saying was what's wrong with starting with them being separated? I think when I guess we're saying it in different ways. We're thinking of it in different ways. When I think of it saying like, oh, the X-Men have broken up. The X-Men can't ever really break up. They're going to go do whatever, but they're always going to come back. It's more of a same of like, oh, we're going to help family. Getting the band back together makes you me think of like the Avengers. This is the job. This is just the team that's doing whatever. We got to come back together for that. Whereas the X-Men aren't that. Yes, they do superheroic stuff, but they're not superheroes in the general sense. There's no really need for them to have to get the band back together because they're always going to come back together. Because mm. they're always there. Whereas like you can go mm. without the Avengers for a few months. Couple years, right. if you want to. Right, because it's supposed when, to be a job. That's what just exists. The Avenger, I mean, the X Men are mutants. This is who they are. This is what they live. You don't just get to like break that up and leave it. But then I think that's the difference between the story being about the X Men versus it being like mutants. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like yes, they do. They yes, they do have all of. They're always still going to be mutants and dealing with being a mutant. But what happens if they don't want to be on the X-Men anymore? What happens if they don't want to be around them no more? Well, then you're not in the story. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <They're> like, <laughs> go be an Avenger rogue. That's cool. Okay. We'll see you when you get back. Because <laughs> they always do come back. Because <laughs> they always come back. Hmm. But That's a fair nonetheless, point. nonetheless, outside of that, um, I do think the animation of the show itself is still like pretty nice. I like the way they showed Nightcrawler's powers. Again, when you do see the cameos of these mutants, it is. I think it's like touching those sometimes like when you get a random one like network who does something it's like oh okay that's cool that's more than she's ever done in a comic book so like that's really great for her but then <laughs> you got 23 minutes of dazzler just standing on the side and it's like oh she couldn't even try and blast down the door but you got sammy's mom who i don't think had powers in the comics but apparently she was a mutant you're asking the wrong person i think i remember squid boy he was i remember them i think he i I think that he was a part of a Genosha story of with Exodus. Um, mm. 
But I don't remember his mom having powers. I thought his parents like didn't like him because he was. I think. Squid boy. I think the mom was like ashamed and scared of him being the squid thing and like that, and then he started being friends with Juggernaut. But it was always right. like she was still kind of a bigot herself. Right. Well, they gave her powers here. She was they a gave, the blue stuff. <laughs> and Dazzler is standing there, looking for 22 <laughs> What is she? <laughs> what was she gonna do? <laughs> she could have blasted the door. And and I think that's where the cameos don't become satisfying because it's like, oh, you just put people here just to put them in here. At least like what X Men, the animated series back in the nineties used to do it. Their music would at least say something. That Psylocke in this cartoon didn't do anything. And in the background. But she at least told you she had a brother who she rescued mutants with. Right. That's fair. Dazza has some showcasing later on in this show, but like, um, I guess she could have blasted a little something for her roller skates or something. (laughs) But shout out to the network for getting her moment. And then, once you get to the end of this episode and we get into the next one, I was totally out of it then. Because I'm sorry. Episode 7 is Wolverine and the Hulk. Why am I watching Wolverine and the Hulk fight Wendigo? <laughs> I mean, that's a classic. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's Where, are, classic. Where are the X-Men? I get it's more <laughs> show, but it still says, and the X-Men. You could at least do somebody in there with him to help him fight. They, but they also did do Black Nick Fury. But shout out to them for that. They did. I think like that's just what it is now. <laughs> you know? I don't and think we'll ever see white white Nick Fury. I'm okay with that. Sorry to Dave, I have yeah. yeah. Um, but this episode was again them just uh hitting on not only nostalgia, but like the iconic moment of Wolverine being a his first appearance was in The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. I feel like something like that is like guaranteed to happen in a show called Wolverine and the X-Men. You know, especially his name in the title. Show, I would expect it to happen in a show titled Wolverine, yes. Not Wolverine and the X-Men with with this many episodes? No. I mean, but it happened, so I guess I was wrong. <laughs> Jokes on <It's>... me. <laughs> it was going to happen. And... I th- also think, like, again, nostalgia can't be beat, so. And I think this is something where you could have still made it a little bit more Wolverine and the X-Men if you were going to have, you want to show that iconic fight. Yes, you mix that in in far however many parts of the episode, and then you throw a little bit of World War Hulk X-Men in there. And again, you bring them in there because this is a cartoon about Wolverine and the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And then that's how Yeah, you they could have definitely used a lot more X-Men. And you could have, yeah, you, like you said, uh, make those cameos useful because you could have thrown in whoever for that just to have more X-Men characters in it. Well, maybe that, maybe, maybe that wasn't in the budget. Maybe that's not what in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this episode could have had that many characters because that just wasn't in the budget. Um, but, this was yeah. all about you know, the Wolverine being contracted out by Nick Fury to go and stop the Hulk, who has a, um, like the Wendigos are out there fighting, and but he lied to him and told him that they were like these mystical things that people were being enchanted by it, but actually it was like, of course Nick Fury was actually trying to make some creatures, and that's how they made the Wendigo project monsters out there. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I, I did like the way that they portrayed Nick Fury here. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I like this Nick Fury. He was hot. Yeah, uh, he was cool. He was probably the only part of the episode I liked. Um, I wasn't that that into the the voice of Hulk. I don't know why I didn't really like it that much, but um, mm-hmm. I don't like that. I, I, I well, it didn't make, it didn't leave it too much of an impression for me to think either way. I think that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I think that's what the problem was. Um, but I mean, the next the next couple episodes are going to be interesting. I think um, the next one there's like more X Men in it. I think Psylocke appears. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so that'll be interesting um and then we'll finally get to those future episodes i do think my favorite episodes here are the ones that take place in the future i will admit to have watched those quite a few times um kellyanne has some really cool showcasing in it um i imagine i imagine that it's shola instead of him but (laughs) i'm eager to get back to it i remember back then being like of what I remember of the show back then, I was like, oh, I like these episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mara was accurately annoying in those episodes. I remember being like, look at her. So <laughs> I, I'm excited to get to those. <laughs> um, but let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back. Cool. All right, y'all, and welcome back to the what would have been like a relaunch corner of the week, but we're going to skip that this week. Um, and next week, we'll be coming back with a character close-up. Um, Keenan's going to go go through some of one of his favorite characters right now. Um, yeah, I, I actually think I already know who I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's be a fun week. Yes, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but for now, that brings us to the end of the show please make sure you rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter's still alive, y'all, so... <laughs> you I can know find us for however much time we got. <laughs> you can find us at Another Relaunch. Um, Twitter and Instagram, you can find us, if you want to watch us, on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. You can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. As always, there's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace out.